Hello, Spookies! Welcome back to the Rick Retreat Horrorcast, hosted by yours ghoulie, Ricky J. Duarte. I'm joined today <laughs> by Nick Kopersky. Nick and I are actually friends on Instagram. We've been following each other for a number of years now, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah, and we uh, both have a love for all things spooky, Halloween, and scary movies, and uh, we're always kind of commenting on each other's things and saying hi, and I thought, how delightful would it be to finally have a a face-to-face or a video-to-video conversation (laughs) uh, and talk about uh, a movie together. So, uh, welcome, Nick. Say hi. Thank you for having me. Hello. Absolutely. It's so great to have you. Uh, Let's go ahead and just kind of uh, let the audience get to know you a little bit. Uh, Now, tell me about your week. Was this week a trick or a treat? (laughs) Um, It was kind of both, actually. It was a trick and a treat. Do tell. um, Well, I mean, it's going to end up being a treat because I'm getting another tattoo tomorrow. Uh, so, and it's a spooky, you know, it's going to be a, a plague doctor, which is fun. That's awesome. You'll um, have to send me a picture. Yeah, it's uh, it's a trick because, you know, I've, I've been just getting over being sick and, you know, so that's definitely a trick. So I'm a little, little slightly raspy. It's all right. Not, it's, it's, not as Kathleen Turner as I could be. That's what I was going to say. It's your Kathleen Turner, the smoky, <laughs> sultry version. Uh, well, that's... Uh, it's that time of year. Yeah. For, I haven't gotten my flu shot yet. I I don't usually get one, but I feel like this is the year I really need to to do it. I need to, and I need to get my booster, and I'm already vaxxed for monkeypox. I feel like a, a pincushion or a voodoo doll. It's a lot of shots recently. A whole yeah. lot. Yeah. I um yeah. I need to get my second monkeypox, and I need to get a booster. Uh, I. Yeah. And a flu shot, Lord Almighty. But the problem is, to get this done, I need like three days off of work in a row because you're bedridden. I mean, I'm bedridden after after a COVID shot every time. Thankfully, I wasn't during the booster, but like the second shot, I was down for the count and I decided to go to work and I was like, nope, this isn't going to happen. I think my first shot was bad. My second shot was not too bad. And then my third shot was, I think, probably the worst for me. It's so weird how that works out, but I'm glad it works, you know? Yeah. Everybody's Uh, different. It's just weird. Anyway, uh, X... Uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, my week, uh, my week. Oh, sorry. No, don't be sorry. It's okay. Uh, my week has been in, I'm going to call it a trick, honestly. It's my favorite time of year, but you know, I'm, I'm very busy. I went from having nothing to do to, I feel like now I'm kind of back into the full swing of living life post COVID and I have, you know, projects going on that I'm excited and passionate about. Uh, and man, I just recorded the episode that everyone will have listened to last week and oh oh my god is it an audio (laughs) disaster i hope for those of you that tuned in last week that you have trusted and come back this week to listen again (laughs) but um we are back this week uh well i want to get to know your love of horror i call it your horror root or what's the movie that kind of started it all for you 
I'm trying to remember the movie. I remember my first horror movie that I ever saw, which is kind of ironic. It was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, of all things. Very gay. (laughs) So I just remember seeing that. I remember having nightmares about that bus being on the cliff in that one part. Um, Because I remember my sister used to watch horror movies. Um, I grew up Baptist, so really wasn't allowed to participate in the scary, spooky Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we trick-or-treated, but we never, anything outside of that, it was always the devil's holiday, and it wasn't anything that we could, you know, expand on. So it wasn't until uh, I finally, like, in fourth grade, went to public school for the first time, did I go to the library, and I checked out, like, Frankenstein and, you know, a bunch of spooky, like, uh, horror effects makeup and stuff, and I was like, huh, I'm like, I like this stuff, you know, and I got more and more into it, that was like, I guess, one of my first acts of rebellion, because it was like, the more you are told you shouldn't be into something, the more you're curious about it. Isn't it funny how that works out? Parents yeah. tried to shield us, and look uh-huh. how we turned out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like I've always, and it's like my mother hated it, but then she started buying me Halloween stuff, and I was like, well, okay. Yeah. But I think she wanted to get into it as well, but she was a preacher's daughter, and so yeah, um, it's hard. It's hard when you're raised with that, and you're always told what to believe, and you can't ever make any decisions for yourself. It is hard. I, um... I firmly, I mean, I, I'm in therapy because of religious trauma in my life, honestly. What, uh, what, like, sect were you? Non denominational Christian with, like, evangelical leanings. Like, oh. I went to the kind of, the, like, the power churches with speaking in tongues and dancing uh-huh. in the aisle and yeah. faith healing. I, I, when I was a kid, was slain in the Holy Spirit, where they literally put, put their hand on your forehead and you pass out. <laughs> yes, Jesus, slay. Yeah, slay. And looking back, I mean, I firmly, I, you know, it, I, I passed out because I believed it. Because yeah. I, I believed yeah. it. And it's, you know, it's just like I've gone to a hypnosis show and I was hypnotized. It's the yeah. same, I think it's the same part of your brain where you allow it to happen or, you know, uh, it's, yeah. and, and maybe in a church setting, mass hysteria too, uh, if it's I'm wild. perfectly honest. Listen, I'm not anti-faith uh, yeah. and I don't criticize those who have it, but I'm an atheist and in many, in many cases, I'm anti-religion, at least yeah. for myself, right? I'm not going to well, walk around I... and try to convince someone not to believe what they believe, but mm-hmm. I, I've seen it and it doesn't work for me. Well, I've always said I don't have a problem with God or whatever you call it, God, light, energy, blah, blah, blah. It's the followers. It's yeah. the church. It's that, you know, structure itself. Yeah. It's those people pointing the finger and telling you that you're bad. Like, I almost got put in uh, one of those uh, conversion therapy places. My brother and the I, church... I, I call it, like, conversion therapy light or, like, diet conversion therapy that we went through. Um, and yeah. it, it's horrifying, you know? Yeah. The church told my mom that because I think she didn't know what to do. And so I came home one day and there were a bunch of pamphlets outside of my bedroom door for the X game industry places. And I just threw them on the bed and I was like, nope, (laughs) we're not. I don't know, but uh, it's wild. We after I came out to my mom, she took me to therapy and I didn't. It was like it should have been just me therapy. And but she would sit in. I love you know, I love my mom so much, (sighs) but there was a lot of overprotection. 
And yeah. I assumed it would be a science-based therapist who would oh, explain God. to my mom that this is a genetic predisposition and that it's natural, uh, and it wasn't. It was Christian therapy, and this oh woman wanted to hypnotize me. So, sure, we're talking about hypnosis. Like, she wanted me to be hypnotized straight, and my mom was okay with that. Like, instead of embracing me for who I was, she was willing to let somebody go into my brain and try to rearrange it with hypnosis. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, That's so weird because so many Christians don't believe in hypnotherapy. I think my mom like, was just like at her wit's end, you know. Desperate. It was coming from a place of love. My dad, hates, yeah. My dad hates gay people. My mom didn't mm. understand it, and she yeah. was more tolerant. And toward the end of her life, really became. Um, I don't think she ever understood it, but she accepted it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, but I, I don't. My mom came from a place of this is what. Her interpretation of the Bible told her, whereas mm-hmm. my dad firmly just hated gays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, so all right. How I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> two. I just want to talk about that for a minute because it is yeah. known. <laughs> That's super queer. <laughs> it's known as the gayest or the queerest of the movies, but yeah, I, I almost I think that Dream Warriors is the queerest of the movies now. Nightmare 2 is very much, it's there, and it's apparent, uh-huh. but yeah. it's almost coming from a homophobic place. Uh, oh, yeah. Of, you know, yeah, the, he the, did, the... Yeah, this thing inside of him that he didn't want, he was afraid of, and yeah. Yeah, and then the love of a good woman is what saves him in the end. <laughs> Whereas Dream Warriors is about weirdos and uh, mis- uh, outcasts. And yeah. people whose society has banished, and they have to band yeah. together. They find their tribe, just much like gay people do. And uh, I always like to, I mean, you know, Nightmare 2 has its its place. And, you know, I, I'm, I hope that you've probably seen that documentary, Scream Queen, about Mark Patton's experience yes, yes. Uh, yes. on that film and its impact on his life and his career. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, if we're talking about queer cinema, man, Dream Warriors is... It, it represents what the queer experience sh- stands for, whereas two makes it scary. Yeah, three makes it empowering. Well, it's almost like the aftermath of the second one too. I guess it's like okay, it makes it. It's not as you know. You go through the the denial and the um, the self loathing, and then you know you get into the okay. Well, I can be myself and. Um. Yeah, that's a great point. It's yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the, the it's it. I guess putting those two movies together, there's an arc or a journey. Yeah. I also, I mean, I yeah. love that Nancy Heather Langenkamp returns. Although I think it's hilarious that she's in grad school and they're letting her run <laughs> group. Like I have been, uh-huh. I have been, you know, a time a time in my life when I was in, uh, uh a care facility for mental health and they do not yeah. let grad students run shit. <laughs> they sit no. in the corner and be quiet, no. but yeah. uh, it's just great to see Heather back. I'm really, really angry that she dies in that movie, but you know, we got her back in new nightmare and she has openly said she wants to face Freddie one last time. And yeah. for God's sake, cool. bring her back. Like we just got Laurie Strode back. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really love what they did with her, but uh, let's bring uh. Nancy back. You know, she's on uh, Midnight yeah. Club right now. Have you watched that on Netflix? 
I haven't yet, but uh, I, just, I see. It's funny because I knew that she was in it, but and, and I failed to mention it to you. I know, and I, I didn't know it until I started watching. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say one thing about it. I, I guess it's based on a book or a book series. It, it feels yeah. like young adult for adults, which is yeah. is a thing. Um, but I'm not really drawn to it. I think for me, because it's these uh, children in hospice or young people in hospice who mm-hmm. tell basically ghost stories to each other. And yeah. the first ghost story is making fun of jump scares and calling them cheap. Like, that's the whole point of this story. Yeah. But in the first episode, the only scares that occur are jump scares, like, outside yeah. of the story. So it kind of discredited, like, it, it lost all cred for me when it's like, oh, jump scares are cheap, when that's all that they tried to throw at <laughs> us. Um, I, it's, it's just, there are so many good scary movies and TV shows on right now uh, mm-hmm. that I don't really feel like investing yeah. in that i did start watching uh guillermo guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities last night have you checked oh, that yeah, out my yet? roommate told me to, my roommate told me to watch it i haven't watched it yet yeah it's really you know i i think it's cool he can be hit or miss for me I, his his stuff is always beautiful to look at yeah but sometimes i, I feel a little style over substance i think of um crimson peak which and maybe it's just not the movie that i wanted it to be with Jessica yeah, Chastain, uh, it's a haunted house film, um, mm-hmm. and maybe it just turned out to be because it was advertised as like a ghost movie uh, right. or a ghost story, and then yeah. it turned out to be a story about ghosts. And it, I think if they had advertised it differently, I don't know. I will forever yeah. be angry that he did not get to do his iteration of Disney's haunted mansion. Oh, that would have been amazing. Uh, it, I mean, they're already re- you know making a new one, and it's far too late. Oh, I know his version, <laughs> and this it's going back to like a comedy, uh, a comedy idea. Yeah, and uh, I love the haunted mansion. The ride is both scary and funny, and that's by design. Uh-huh. When they were making the ride, yeah. they couldn't decide should this be funny or should it be scary, so they made it both. The first half, yeah, is spooky, and then mm-hmm. it becomes cute and funny at the end in the graveyard yeah. scene, the graveyard jamboree. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the Eddie Murphy film, I've really tried <laughs> to like it. I've, I've tried. I will try to watch it every couple of years, and it's just not a good script. I mean, it's got Jennifer Tilly in it. That kind of saves it a little bit. She would. She's perfect as Madame Leota. I mean, but mm-hmm. so poorly used. The problem is you don't see the Haunted Mansion until, like, 30 minutes into the, it takes them right around 30 minutes to get there and the, mm-hmm. all this like they're realtors you know real estate agents and that it, it's just boring and it, yeah. it comes off as unfunny and it's really too bad uh because eddie murphy is very funny and he yeah. should have been great in this uh it's just a bad script have you watched anything yeah. good that's... Oh, well, just back to Cabinet of Curiosities. I am really happy oh, yeah, to yeah. see a horror host. It, is it's, that on Netflix? It's on Netflix. So they released okay. two last night. Friends, this is dropping in November, but I, I try to kind of record a few episodes at a time. That way I have ample time to edit them and put them together. So they will all have been released by the time this is, is out. So I've watched the first episode. They're dropping two episodes a day for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, four days. So it's eight episodes, and it's anthology. Uh, and it's giving me Alfred Hitchcock Presents vibes because we have a nice. horror filmmaker introducing these short stories. And the first one is fine, but I'm excited to see more. Yeah. Um, now, is it different directors doing it? It will be different each... directors, to my knowledge. 
Okay. But each one will be directed by someone different. I don't know if he directs any of them. He did not direct the first yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Have you watched anything good and spooky? Uh, I watched uh, Barbarian last night. Mm. Holy crap. <laughs> no spoilers for our audience, but what did you think? No. I thought it was wild. I did not even see uh, a preview. And I think that's one of the ones you recommended me watch. Um, and then somebody said it was on HBO, and so I just ran over there and was like, okay. And I did not know what to expect whatsoever, but it was really good. It was clever, um, and it was it was kind of spooky. It was it was you know there was there were a lot of moments where, you know, it's like I had to you know put my feet under the covers and go, oh god, something's coming. Yeah, it's uh, and it's it's fun. It's fun to feel that way. It it is. It took me by surprise, and I I went in without even watching the trailer. For some reason, the poster alone told me, don't even look at the trailer for this. Um, and, was it the one with her in the doorway? Yeah, the red poster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't read the premise. I didn't even look at the cast. So when yeah. certain cast members pop up, you're like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. And it, it's very good. I think that um, the only thing I'll say about it is that whereas if we're talking about post-Me Too filmmaking and its effects on horror, when the movie Men yeah. came out, that A24 film earlier this year, that... Mm did not work for me it was very slapping you across the face of men are monsters and and um yeah. and yes they are and they can be it was just there was no subtlety to it this was to me a very smart way of of showcasing that women have to move through the world in a very yeah. different way than men do and they have yeah. that conversation early on in the movie and then you see it happen later on um yeah and it was interesting too because I felt like you once you knew what was happening then it like suddenly it turned and you're like wait how do we get over here and you're yeah. like oh okay okay yeah. now it makes sense because I, I was like what it, did it cut to a different movie yeah I, I haven't fully decided I, I think I will be reviewing Barbarian at the end of this month uh, yeah it, you know X Pearl and Barbarian were three excellent horror movies from the summer we also had nope and the black phone and you know there were some very yeah. good horror movies this summer um but i can't i can't review them all because there are so many others yeah. but i didn't have a podcast yeah, yeah. in the summer to do it as it went along uh i had to sneak halloween ends as a bonus <laughs> mini episode to get that one in uh but well why don't we go ahead and get into x uh, Let's do it. Released in summer of 2022. It's directed by Ty West, who... Have you ever seen the films uh, The Innkeeper or House of the Devil? I have not. House of the Devil became kind of an instant cult classic. Innkeeper's very good. Uh, it The ending... Like, the last ten minutes of that really got me. It's a slow burn, but it's worth it. Highly recommend House of the Devil. Maybe another slow burn. It House of the Devil, much like X, is an homage to 70s exploitation horror. Uh, mm. And very well acted, very just fun uh, kind of cult, or uh, occult movie about the occult. Uh, yeah. And so back to X, uh, it stars Mia Goth as Maxine. Uh, oh, moving forward, we will be talking about X with full spoilers. So if you haven't watched okay. it, go watch it. Uh, Mia Goth plays Maxine and Old Woman Pearl. Did you realize this watching it? 
I didn't at first, and then I was like, well, because I had, um, when I watched it, I knew about Pearl the movie, but I didn't really know much about it, and then when they finally mentioned her name, I was like, oh shit, and I was like, isn't that the same girl, and then I kind of, yeah, that's yeah. when I, but it, not at first. Yeah. Uh, really great casting. The makeup is very, very good. You you can tell that it is a younger person playing an old woman, but that's yeah. not that's not a that's not a fault of the performer. And while the makeup is mm-hmm. excellent, I think it's just impossible to really make someone. Um, oh, yeah. Kate Blanchett at the end of Benjamin Button might be the best old age makeup I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, the film stars Jenna Ortega, who's having a hell of a year for horror movies. She was in the new Scream, uh, mm-hmm. and then a few months later, X, and now she's going to be playing Wednesday Adams in Tim Burton's new Adams Family uh, adaptation, Wednesday. And she's, I mean, she's going to be perfect in that. She's such a such a talent. She's so good, yeah. and she's very different in Scream and X, and from what I can see yeah. of Wednesday, you know, um, I'm excited to see what happens with her career. I think that she's got, as this movie talks about, an X factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> we have um, Brittany Snow playing Bobby that Lynn. That surprised the hell out of me. Man, that she was she's, mad. yeah, well, because she had, uh, I believe she's in the Prom Night remake, correct? I think she was, which is not yeah. a good movie at all. Um, well, but wasn't the, one of the first ones wasn't it Hairspray that she did? She did Hairspray. She was Amber Von Tussle. So she's played, yeah. a, she's played a bitch before. But I don't think that Bobby Lynn is a full-on bitch. I no. actually very much like her. None of these characters mm-hmm. are what you would expect them to be. And that's one of the movie's yeah. strengths. Yeah. Uh, we have Martin Henderson, who plays Wayne, uh, the, uh, the kind of producer of mm-hmm. the porn that they're making. Uh, total Daddy. <laughs> Uh, looks great yep. in his weird 70s bikini brief <laughs> underwear. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, we have mm-hmm. Owen Campbell, who plays... Is that the director? Uh, yeah, he plays RJ the director. Yeah. Um, and he... Uh, I didn't recognize him from anything else, did you? No, 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 no. No, I, neither did I. I. Um, but Not familiar to me. He does a great job. We'll get to it later. But he plays the pitiful, the pitiful yeah. whiny, wimpy <laughs> boyfriend really well. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the film also stars. Uh, oh, Travis! No, what is his name? Kid uh, Cudi. Kid, Kid Cudi. Yeah, who I don't know any of his music oh, Cuddy, I'm not sorry. I'm not up to date on what the kid, hip kids are listening to honestly I watched the whole movie and I didn't know that he was a famous musician I only know the name I mean I wouldn't know his music if I tripped over it which is sad I'm sure it's lovely but you know yeah uh, but he's great in this movie you know what because I didn't know that he was a musician and he does such a great acting job in this film going back and realizing he's a musician was a big surprise to me because you don't often see musicians be like be good actors as well like make yeah. that crossover and do it effectively and he fucking crushes it and naked too and <laughs> and naked too real naked yeah. uh we have St- <laughs> Stephen yuri as howard pearl's oh, yeah. uh husband 
I know. I had to look it up because I had to see what he looked like because I think they did some old age makeup, but he is older. Yeah, they age they age him as well, but he is also naturally an older actor, older than yeah. Mia Goth for sure. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like I skipped over Mia Goth as an actor. She is quickly become one of my favorite act- modern day actors. Um, I didn't remember her in the Suspiria make, uh, remake, but she's in it. She's one of the ballet dancers in the remake of Suspiria, uh, one of the leads. Um, and she's stunning. She's so yeah. incredible to watch. I, I mean, she's great in this as both roles, but obviously in the prequel Pearl, she blows it out of the water so I want to move forward talking about X we're going to mention Pearl as we will have to but I I don't want to get into details about Pearl because I'm going to do Pearl next week or in two weeks. Next week is a Disney. I'm gonna find it hard not to. I know, I know, I know. Into Pearl. Well, it was really cool because <laughs> all right. So let's just. Uh, X came out this summer, and it was filmed mm-hmm. during COVID in New Zealand, and so during the two week quarantine process, when everyone had to quarantine alone in their hotel rooms for two weeks before they started filming, Ty West reached out to Mia and was like, you know, we've got this location. The sets for this farm are already built, and I have you would you want to do another movie? And she was like, fuck yeah, let me write and produce it. So she came on as a writer and producer with him uh, oh, wow. and star. And so uh, X takes place in 1979. Pearl takes place 50 something years earlier yeah. uh, in the 19 teens uh, and is about Pearl as a young woman. And we see her, how she gets her, her start. Um, in the origin story, as the, it were, the or, an, an extraordinary origin story, as the poster <laughs> said, which I loved, absolutely yes. loved. Uh, we have music by Tyler Bates. Tyler Bates did the music for Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. That's the only credit that I actually recognize him from, and it's an A twenty four film, which I love. Um, I love almost everything that they produce. Uh, they're opening here in Manhattan downtown, like an A24 movie theater. And I cannot oh, wait. I hope they have, I'm like a movie subscriber for the theater across the street from me. So I pay like one, I pay like $23 a month and I can go to as many movies as I want. I'm hoping oh, wow. that they have something like that for them as well. That's neat. Uh, the movie X is, it was praised because of its homages to 20th century slasher films, especially the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and it does an excellent job of that without it's a fine line of homage, like tribute and mm-hmm. but not a copy we have certain shots that are straight out of that movie but never once oh, yeah. does it feel like it's ripping it off well I feel like with this I mean with I mean I've just I've seen the two but I feel like Ty's directing and the homage and everything is it's not it's not a cheap homage I guess it's not like because like what Rob Zombie's trying to do with those it it just kind of falls flat for me sure I've only seen House of a Thousand Corpses and I hated it I'm sorry everybody who loved it I think part of it is, is his wife, but I think so many people try and create that exact feel, and when you're trying too hard, it just comes off as a cheap copy, but I think Ty did a really amazing job yeah. without trying. Well, it comes from a place of love, because mm-hmm. this movie is very 70s exploitation, whereas Pearl feels very much like a Vincent Minnelli musical, um, very yes. Wizard of Oz, uh, with odes the to... Colors. Like, with, yeah, very saturated, uh. beautiful, a gorgeous score, 
uh, and you know a little bit of maybe whatever happened to baby Jane I love the scenes between Pearl and her mom very much reminded me of Betty Davis and um, Joan Crawford uh, mm-hmm. just hating hating each other in that film right uh, so and then of course the performances of Mia Goth Brittany Snow and Jenna Ortega have been praised by critics I mean mm-hmm. this they're they're all three very very good uh, and so at the end of X in movie theaters, if you stuck around after the credits, there was a surprise trailer for Pearl. It had not been announced. They made this in complete secrecy, which is mind-blowing to me in today's day and age. I think they only got away with it mm-hmm. because of COVID and the world was focused on yeah. other things, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into the plot. So I'm, do I'm doing this a little bit differently this time as I normally do with my podcast. Uh, I'm going to... I'm literally just kind of reading a, a pretty loose plot synopsis and we're going to do kind of like a beat and then we're going to go back and talk about what we just talked about and then we'll go to another beat uh, and then talk about that. So, in 1979, aspiring pornographic actress Maxine Minx embarks on a road trip through Texas with her producer boyfriend Wayne, fellow actors Bobby Lynn and Jackson Hole, director RJ and RJ's girlfriend Lorraine to shoot an adult film for the booming theatrical pornography market. Bobby Lynn and Jackson strike up a romance, while Lorraine is unimpressed with the film's content, and RJ attempts to make it, or, uh, and RJ attempts to make it seem like a serious cinematic piece. The movie technically actually opens the day after the movie takes place. Our first shot is of the farmhouse, and it's dilapidated, but you don't realize you're looking at it through the barn doors. So as it slowly fades in, the movie becomes widescreen, which is fucking brilliant because it starts mm-hmm. in that kind of square shaped 1970s uh, um, I don't know anything about aspect ratios but you know oh, yeah, that yeah. shape and then you <laughs> zoom in and the barn doors kind of move off to the sides and we move into uh-huh. widescreen and it looks really effective uh, and yeah. so the sheriff has walked up onto <laughs> the scene of a crime and we've got blood I mean everywhere it. I'm just laughing because it was just his his demeanor, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think it's played for laughs, not like a riotous laugh, yeah. but I mean, he's, right. he's great. He's got a very small role in this, but he does a great job. We've got a couple corpses covered in sheets. Uh, and this movie, you, you see the weapons that are used in it before they're used. So next to the front door is a hatchet. Uh, it's almost like Chekhov's hatchet, right? It's going to come back later. <laughs> this movie has Chekhov's uh-huh. hatchet, Chekhov's yeah. shotgun, Chekhov's handgun, Chekhov's <laughs> alligator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sets up all of these kills before they yeah. actually happen. Uh, and on the TV is a televangelist, mm-hmm. uh, Southern, maybe Southern Baptist televangelist preaching about the sins of the secular world and he mentions and I didn't I didn't pick up on this little storyline the first time I watched it he mentions that his daughter has been taken away by sinners uh oh. and uh and you know that she's been lost to to the wiles of the world uh and this televised preacher will kind of be a through narrative he pops up again and again on TV sets throughout the movie the sheriff is taken downstairs, uh, and the deputy or one of the officers says, you want to take a look at this? And the sheriff looks up, and he sees something horrific, but we don't see what it is. <laughs> we will later. It cuts to 24 hours earlier. 
which is real cool because now you know all the shit that's about to happen is happening in one 24-hour span. Uh, and man does it. We have Maxine cutting up lines of cocaine uh, in the dressing room. <laughs> Which, a lot of cocaine. And I was watching it and I was going, that's a lot of cocaine. But then the guy comes in and tells her that's a little too much. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, good. To, to cut it out. And so I'm in, I'm in recovery and I was a big old cokehead for many, many years. Um, and I, 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 I'm only saying this because in the 70s, to my understanding, cocaine was a lot better than it yeah. is these days. Yeah. Um, but, well, it surely doesn't have fentanyl, or didn't have fentanyl back then. No, like they're doing now. Yeah, uh, <sighs> but she she does a line. She looks in the mirror and she says, "You're a fucking sex symbol," <laughs> 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 which is exactly what I used to do when I would do lines of cocaine. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, she's she's instantly iconic looking. She's got <sighs> this blue eyeshadow. She's got kind of messy red hair and a, a patch of freckles on her face. Yeah. Uh, and um you're kind of drawn to her instantly Wayne who's the producer of this film he owns the strip club comes in and like you said he tells her be careful too much of a good thing uh, uh-huh. and uh, he, he, he assures her that she's got something special right he said the whole world's going to be looking at you uh, I think he says X factor yeah I think he yeah. says he says something to the effect of uh, people's eyes are going to pop out of their pop yeah. out of their heads which is funny because his eyeball pops out of his head later. So we've got Chekhov's eyeball now. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, like, if you pay attention enough and go back, it's fun because you realize that they're just, they set everything up for you. Yeah. This yeah. is and how everybody's going to die. Not even in a way where you're going to watch it later and realize it. You know, yeah. it's just, it's all there. It's clever. It's a quiet setup. Well, speaking of another setup, as they exit the strip club, uh, there's a giant mural (laughs) of a blonde woman, and it's Uh uh, mirroring the, um, oh, what's that sunscreen? Is it Beach Babies? Or the sunscreen where it's the little girl and the puppy's pulling her under her bikini bottom down. Water Babies. Is Is that what it's called? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Look it up. Look it up. I think it's Water Babies. It was, you know, Jodie. I Fo- just remember Jodie Foster was the model. Coppertone. Copper. Is it Coppertone? No. Yeah. Really? All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster was the model for that photograph uh, uh-huh. when she was a little girl. Uh, but so it's a blonde woman, looks a lot like Bobby Lynn, played by Brittany Snow, and there's an alligator pulling her 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 bathing suit bottom down, which is setting us up for what's going to happen to poor Brittany later. <sighs> Uh-huh. They get into an old 70s van that says plowing service, which I think is hilarious. Uh, yep. And they set off there in Houston. They set off on a road trip to a dilapidated farm. They're going to film this movie. They stop for gas. Uh, and we get a little scene uh, inside the gas station between Maxine and Wayne, uh, where they kind of talk about the other people who are involved, right? Uh, they note that Lorraine. Uh, who's kind of the boom operator. She's carrying around equipment. She's the director's girlfriend. Is a little bit prude and young and impressionable. Uh, And we really get the impression, Maxine says, I will not accept a life I don't deserve. She Uh is committed to becoming a star uh, and won't accept anything but stardom. Uh, And we uh, have a brief talk with um, Bobby Lynn and Jackson uh, about Bobby Lynn 
exudes this great confidence. <laughs> she says something like, I just want the house with the white picket fence where I can sunbathe in the back and get a tan on these titties. And she says, uh, God gifted her with this, and it would be a shame for her not to take care of it. Like, people spend a lot of money to look like she does. She based her character a lot on Dolly Parton, uh, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can see it in the hair. You can see it in her confidence. Uh, and uh, she's just great because she's not unlikable. She's a little bitchy, but, like, in a great way, you know? She mm -hmm. knows who she is. And she's proud of it. Uh, and... So they, they fill up the gas station. Bobby Lynn actually gives RJ some tips on cinematography. Uh, and we really get the impression... <laughs> with the gas nozzle. <laughs> with the gas nozzle looking like Jackson's dick. And we get the... Uh, <laughs> we, we, we learn quickly that RJ doesn't realize what kind of movie he's making. Yeah. Right? He knows he's making a porn, but he's trying to make it artistic. Yeah, he wants to do a deep throaty sort of, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. A fancy because they mentioned Deep Throat at one point. Didn't yeah, they? they do, right? Because I think they say they're going to blow Deep Throat out of the water. <laughs> I just learned, by the way, Thora Birch, the little girl in Hocus Pocus, her parents were uh. in Deep Throat, or her mom was. Her parents were both porn stars. Oh wow, I had no idea. Yeah, I just learned that. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Um, have you ever seen Deep Throat? Uh, parts of it. I used to work at a porn shop, so I've seen like bits and pieces. But like, I know they had it on like while I was working. But cool. you know, it. obviously, yeah. you're not paying full attention. No, no one's watching that movie for the plot. Uh, yeah. I've seen I, again. I've just seen bits and pieces. I mean, it's such an interesting time for porn. The film title X is alluding to the X Factor that Maxine, mm -hmm. whose name has an X in it, has that Pearl one once had. But the X rating yeah. was from the 60s up until, I think, 1990, maybe, uh, was a rating put on movies. Uh, basically, movies, if I understand correctly, would they would claim an X rating mm -hmm. so that they didn't have to go through the rating system and make edits. Filmmaking yeah. was very different back in the day. Uh, they didn't test audience, right? They didn't do test screenings yeah. and then rewrite an ending to make people happy. You made a movie because you wanted to make a movie and you wanted to make a statement. Uh, so X became kind of this blanket way to get away with whatever you wanted. You would still get some theatrical releases. We think of like the movie Midnight, Midnight Cowboy with John Voight mm -hmm. yeah. and um, Dustin so Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that's that was rated X when it came out and yeah. it won Oscars. Yeah. Um, the porn industry took advantage of this and started releasing their films under an X rating. And so it it shied away from becoming a prestige way to make a meaningful but explicit film and yeah. then got you know that's how it got the reputation for porn uh and so it would then become what x was intended to become would then become nc-17 yeah and which i wonder too be. like when because certain movies were you know a triple x was the the way that they you know referred to them as i wonder when that if that happened during NC-17 or what, you know, because they wanted it to be more, even more salacious, I suppose. Yeah, totally. X upon X upon X. <laughs> uh, so we'll move forward with our little plot uh, section. The group arrives at the farm of Howard and Pearl, an elderly couple in whose guest house the group intends to shoot the film The Farmer's Daughters. That's the name of the porn. <laughs> Howard is temperamental towards the group, brandishing a shotgun while Pearl silently stalks Maxine. 
As filming commences without Howard's knowledge, Maxine is invited inside the couple's home by Pearl, where they have a conversation. Pearl laments her age, expresses jealousy for Maxine's youth, and makes a sexual advance towards her. She later watches Maxine have sex with Jackson and is aroused. Pearl pleads with Howard to have sex with her, but he refuses, claiming his heart is too weak. So oh, I realized Howard. watching this, the guest house that they have is probably the boarding house for all of the field workers in Pearl mm-hmm. who have abandoned the farm. Yeah. Because um, the that whole um, guest house or the boarding house isn't really showcased in Pearl, correct? No. Yeah, because I was watching X and I was, when I was watching that part with when they first checked it out and I was trying to remember what it was in Pearl. They didn't really yeah. focus on that. No, I don't I don't think they mention it basically at all. It could have been constructed later, but I think it might be where the farmhands would have resided because yeah. the farmhands leaving like the, a, the farm was a really big deal in Pearl. Yeah, it seems like an older um, facility, I suppose. Yeah, we get uh while they're in the while they're in the van, we get a shot from the from like kind of the windshield back that's very straight out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh-huh. It's a great shot. We get some some kind of far off distant shots of the van pulling up to the farm. Wayne walks up to the front door, very cocky, like very. He walks with his dick <laughs> forward, right? Uh-huh. His pelvis is thrust forward at all times. His dick is leading the way. He's got that big dick energy. <laughs> very much so. He's got that swagger, uh, and knocks on the door. Howard, the old old man, doesn't. Re- he kind of like pulls a shotgun on him and is like, "Get off my property!" <laughs> um, and then he's reminded, "Oh yeah, you, you're renting my fucking house. Well, don't disturb my wife. Just do yeah. whatever you're doing, but be discreet." Um, probably suspecting. I think later on we we will realize that he only accepted this because he knows what Wayne's up to a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and. Um, at that time, we see when when Maxine's in the passenger seat watching all of this happen and seeing the shotgun, she pulls a handgun out of the uh, glove box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we know that they have a gun. It's Chekhov's handgun. Um, <laughs> and they are walked over to the boarding house. Uh, and Howard has some trouble getting there. He's real old. He's kind of huffs and puffs. He has to stop and collect his breath. Uh, so we're, it's planting the seed that he's he's not well. He can't really keep up. Uh, you doing okay, old timer? Exactly. <laughs> uh, they get there, and I, th- he, I think it really clicks for him that they are going to do something naughty uh, on his property. And uh, yeah. he has a moment with Jackson, who is a black man, uh, where they both realize they're soldiers. Howard fought in both wars. He fought in at least the first war. He might have fought in both. Yeah. And yeah. Jackson has fought in Vietnam. But you get not an explicit racist comment from Howard, but you get an impression. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's obvious. I mean, he's, he's an old man in 1979. He, you know. In Texas. In Texas. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to uh-huh. be in 1979 for people to fucking be racist yeah, in Texas. It could be now. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Which that's another thing too is I realize that Texas may be a nod also to the Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre that may be you know part of the homage as well. Well, it's the Just movie. The, fact that it, the movie's about conservatism, you know. Yeah. And and 
being more, I don't want to say liberal in that sense, you know, not in the political sense, but in the, um, well, we'll use the word bohemian because it gets used in this world, mm -hmm. in this film and in Pearl, right? The bohemian lifestyle, yeah. which would certainly yeah. be looked down upon by Texans. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, so they, they start filming... Uh, the Farmer's Daughters, the porn, and man, does Brittany Snow get railed by Kid Cudi. <laughs> sure does. It's, it, ta uh. it takes you aback how, um, how explicit and realistic the sex scenes in this film are, especially this one. No holds barred. Yeah. I wasn't expecting her to give that performance. I was like, well, look at her. Yeah, you know? and I think it's on purpose, casting her, because yeah. I, I yeah. would never call her a goody two-shoes, but she's not played a role like this before. Yeah. You know, certainly not uh, certainly not with the, the language that she uses. And, um, oh, yeah. And it, it's, so it's, it's very quickly implied that Jackson has a big old donkey dick uh, and he's proud of it. I love the scene after they finish where he's like looking out the window flexing and he's like, man, I was born for this kind of work. Um, oh, yeah. But then she... she's faking the orgasm. Yeah, then she tells him, <laughs> uh, you didn't do that great. Okay. I didn't finish. And he says, yeah, you did. And then she fakes an orgasm and she's like, I'm an actor. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I also love how when he's directing it, he's trying to make it all serious and telling him to do stuff. And he's just like, you know, just shoot the movie. Stay in your and lane. She's, yeah. And she's laughing at him, and all of a sudden she realizes the camera's on her, and then she goes back into her O face. Yeah, yeah, which is further proof that she's definitely faking this orgasm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So she... Uh, she... We get... The, we start to get... Into, there's a whole conversation later about these people having sex with each other, yet they're in relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a lovely scene. You know what? I'm going to wait until we get there in the plot. Okay. Uh, I right. do think, so Jenna Ortega or Lorraine is, uh, you know, watching all of this with eager eyes, curious eyes. Um, the scene where Brittany Snow wipes the cum off of her back and then throws <laughs> it at Jenna and goes, oh, sorry. What a mean thing to do. Also, I did know. not expect to see cum in this movie. No, no. That was a lot, too. It was, uh, man, you're telling me. Uh, um. And poor church mouse. Poor little church mouse. They refer to Lorraine as church mouse. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so as all of this is happening, Maxine is not in this scene of the porn. So she goes for a little dip in the pond. She goes skinny dipping. She wears overalls, like short, short overalls, loose fitting, and that's it. Uh, and so she <laughs> takes them off and jumps into a local pond. And so I, I will swim in the ocean. I cannot get into stagnant water. I, w I won't get into Same. a lake. Oh, my God. I won't do it. I have to be able to see what I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's dark and... No, no, no. I've seen too many horror movies. We can't... Well, <laughs> and especially this movie. We get a great aerial shot. They must have used a drone looking directly down at her in the water. It's really beautiful. Um, and as she starts to swim back to the dock, there's a little dock into the pond uh, a giant fucking alligator starts swimming toward her slowly it's like stalking her mm -hmm. um, and you know I, I rewatched this movie again last night with my roommate and he doesn't scare easily I feel and yeah. it had that scene had him real nervous oh um, she gets what out what was the alligator's name does it have a I, name 
Yeah, well, I think they talked about it in Pearl, but oh. I don't know if they well, mentioned it in X. I think I think in Pearl, that's not the same alligator because it shows e- alligator eggs. So she's been like oh. kind of conditioning oh, yeah, this yeah, alligator yeah. family for years. I kept thinking it was the same alligator because like somebody commented, I think it was uh, a BuzzFeed article or something where it was like, Yep, alligators can live for a long time. And I'm like, so I don't know if it's the same or not, or a baby, or who knows. I mean, it, it could be, but I know in Pearl they make a point to show an alligator nest. Uh-huh. Uh, so at least we know that there are, are multiple and that they're breeding. Yeah. Uh, Maxine makes her way up to the farmhouse uh, and uh, kind of lets herself in. And the in, the interior looks like the interior of the Texas Chainsaw Home. The staircase is on the opposite side of the wall, but it's very much that exact same, very similar layout. Uh, the, the home is old and faded, uh, you know, kind of crumbly, very dusty. Uh, it's obviously kept by people who are in their 80s. And uh, she's approached by... Pearl. She goes up to the house because she sees Pearl watching her from the from the porch and kind of waves, she waves at her. At yeah, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't get a clear shot of Pearl's face uh, until yeah. a little bit into the movie, and Maxine uh, is invited in for some lemonade. Uh, and I I really love the scene at Pearl and Howard's kitchen table where Pearl and Maxine are sitting there is mirrored by a kitchen table scene that they're filming in the porn and they cut back and forth uh, and Pearl's like, my husband doesn't, you know, shouldn't find you here and then they cut to the porn and Brittany Snow's saying, if my daddy finds out, we'll be in big trouble and it's just very well done Uh, Well, what's also wild too is it's mirrored by a scene that I noticed in Pearl I was like, when they're you know, her and her cousin are talking, and I was like, "Yeah." So it it's just one of those. I can't wait to see the next one because I mean, you know, it's just people did their homework, big time. There, so there is just, a third film. This will be a trilogy called Maxine, mm-hmm. uh, and it's set in '85, maybe, and it's about Maxine yeah. becoming a movie star. You know, because she's she tells herself she's yeah. destined for stardom, so she it's in Hollywood, and that's all we know. We don't even have a release date yet. I don't even know if they've started filming yeah. yet, but it is greenlit. Hopefully, um, lemonade. Yeah. Oh, and Maxine kind of like drinks it all in one gulp, and somehow uh-huh. it's sexy. It's just like it's it's hot yeah. out. It's a Texas sticky day. That lemonade looks so refreshing, and she just drinks yeah. this whole thing. Uh, well, she's. I think she's creeped out and trying to get the hell out of there. She's yes. like, well, okay. And she finishes go. and she's like, well, I guess I better be going now and starts to show herself uh-huh. out. Pearl follows her and in the hallway uh, <laughs> there are pictures and we see uh, like Pearl's wedding day. And she she says the line that was taken right before the first war, uh, which then sets us up for Pearl, what happens in the prequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my roommate, I was I was waiting to see if he would catch on that it's Mia Goth playing both characters, and he didn't. Yeah. But he did remark that the woman in the wedding picture looks like Mia Goth. He was oh. like, "That they look alike, don't they?" And I'm sitting there like, I'm not saying anything because I was real. Uh-huh, I was waiting to see, sure do. waiting to see. This is the moment when I. This is when I realized it was Mia Goth playing both roles, and it was in their eyes. I think as yeah. no matter how talented you are as a makeup artist, and even though she's wearing contacts to make her look like she has cataracts, and um, yeah. it's just 
in the eyes for me. And the fact yeah. that she even says, like, you kind of remind me of myself. I had what I had what you had back then. Um, yeah. You know, and Pearl takes her finger and kind of runs it up the rib cage of Maxine <laughs> in a very uncomfortable way. It made me cringe. It made me shiver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then she, she's like, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and Pearl says, it'll be our little secret. Like in Pearl's mind, uh. she's just had a sexual little, I mean, Pearl is a lonely old woman. And yeah. the movie does a She's great... She's a lonely, horny old a lonely, woman. <laughs> ho- lonely, horny old woman. The movie does a great job of setting up... You, you, you feel sorry for Pearl's life. You don't feel sorry for what a fucking crazy psychopath she is. But <laughs> you might in the prequel a little bit. But in this yeah. one, you, you know, you, the movie, this movie is about aging this movie is about how repulsed society is by the elderly um Mm -hmm. and it's it's proven every time somebody watches it because throughout the movie you cringe watching these elderly people be sexual uh and that's the whole point of the movie youth is fleeting pearl wanted a life for herself that she never got and um and she's mad about it she's you know uh she's no longer beautiful she's no longer young but she wants to be. She still wants the life that she deserved, right? Mm-hmm. Just like Maxine, I won't accept a life I don't deserve. Well, she had to. Yep. And that's what Pearl is about. Pearl isn't about becoming crazy. It's accepting that you're crazy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Which obviously How- Howard did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bless he, him. There's like a complicitness in him. He's, you know, because he gathers these people for her. He does a, a little killing, but he really mm-hmm. gathers people for Pearl. Yeah. To feed That's what... That's love. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get a second date off of fucking Scruff. Um, huh. <laughs> Lord. That's another episode altogether. <laughs> so Howard pulls up in his car. They hear it. Maxine sneaks out the back door. But Howard sees the glasses of lemonade. And so he mm-hmm. knows someone's been in the house. Pearl asks Ugh. him... Like Pearl's horny now, right? Touching Maxine got her going, and uh, he's, you know he says, "You know I can't, my heart," and she says, "I know," um, and it's real sad. So next portion of our plot: night falls, and the film crew relax in the uh, guest house. Laureen, keen to shed her reputation as a prude and intrigued by the film, asks to participate in the shoot. RJ is immediately opposed to the idea and accuses the group of putting her up to it, though they assure him that they did not and that Lorraine's choice to be in the movie falls on her alone, or regardless of his feelings. RJ then films the scene of Lorraine and Jackson having sex. Frustrated with the change in the script and in shock by Lorraine's unfaithfulness, RJ sets out to leave the crew stranded at the farm while they are asleep, but he is stopped by Pearl, who attempts to seduce him. When he rebuffs her, she stabs him to death. Lorraine and Wayne notice RJ is missing and go searching. Wayne is killed with a pitchfork in the barn by Pearl. A lot happens really fast, guys. Lorraine is invited to the couple's house by Howard, who claims Pearl is missing, and asks Lorraine to retrieve a flashlight from the basement. When Lorraine attempts to leave the basement, she discovers she has been locked in. After turning on the light, she discovers a man's rotting corpse. 
All right, let's take it back and talk about that section. Uh, night, oh, has, yeah. night has fallen. They're making bologna sandwiches with Wonder Bread in the house. Yeah. You know what? You know what drove my roommate <laughs> crazy about this movie? They leave the oh, bologna God. and the mayonnaise out all night. <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that was, was the yeah, most upsetting thing for him in this movie. <laughs> that they left <sighs> all of the, the sandwich supplies out. Um, they're I sitting mean, around drinking. They... Go ahead. Do you think they put the twist tie back on the bread? Certainly they, not. Know... No, these no, no. monsters. They they deserved that. They deserved it. Maybe it's humid enough that the bread stayed. Um, maybe it's humid enough that the bread stayed moist. I don't know. Uh, they're sitting around huh. drinking beers in the guest house, and they have a really great conversation about morals. And Lorraine brings up, you know, Church Mouse brings up, you guys are in a relationship, and you have sex with each other, and it's they're kind. Of, the rules of their dynamic is if the camera's rolling, it's just work, and anything goes. Lorraine says, "So you don't believe in love." And Brittany, uh, Brittany Snow, uh, Bobby Lynn says, yeah, we believe in love. It's just like the social construct of what we are told to do does not fit for us. Uh, and we're given this really great, in a slasher film, the sexually active people or the quote promiscuous of the group are the one, you know, are, they are killed for punishment for their crime against mm -hmm. morality. And in this film, they are killed for their crime against morality mm -hmm. but in a way that is not damning them it's damning yeah. society right it's damning that tele that televangelist on the tv mm -hmm. uh for you know um for pushing this on people who don't abide by society's norms and i love they sing um well, before they, they sing "Landslide" okay. by uh, Britney, uh, so Jackson Kid Cudi plays guitar, and Britney Snow, Bobby Lynn sings "Landslide," and it's a great moment as they're as she's singing uh -huh. this. It's showing all of them kind of cuddling up and listening to her sing this beautiful song, and it's also yeah. showing Maxine get put on her makeup. She puts on blue eyeshadow, just like Ma oh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's showing Pearl, yes, at the same time <laughs> in her dark room alone. <clears throat> Uh, open up her old old eyeshadow case and she's putting on blue eyeshadow just like Maxine she's kind of putting on a dress and trying to you know trying to feel beautiful again and it's mirroring yeah. these young people who have someone to make them feel yeah. sexy and she has no one to make her feel sexy uh, and it's pretty sad and the song Landslide is about aging yeah you know. See, I think that's the moment when I realized that it was Mia Goth playing both characters. It was a blue eyeshadow for me. Great, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. So. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I have to back it up. I hate when I do this. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I have oh, to back killing. it up. No, well, they are. Um, no. They film another scene in the barn during the oh, day. They film Maxine's sex scene. Yeah, and um, Pearl. Okay is watching it happen through the window and Maxine sees <laughs> Pearl watch her and she just keeps riding Jackson uh, and so the, the farmer's daughters yeah. are Bobby Lynn uh -huh. and Maxine um, and then and the, and the farmer's daughter is watching her get plowed so it's life imitating art <laughs> absolutely because we find out in Pearl yeah. Pearl is a farmer's daughter uh -huh. uh, and so then now 
Lorraine wants to play one of the farmer's daughters as well. She's decided. She's watched this. She's been thinking about it for a couple days. And she wants to be in the movie. And RJ... Her well, friend, I saw... Oh, sorry. I no, just feel no. like her, their conversation about being in relationships and versus porn and all that, that probably got into her head. And she's like, well, maybe, you know, that made her reconsider her how she feels about it. Yeah. Well, and the, the what this is all coming to is her boyfriend reacting to her saying she wants to be in the movie because yeah <laughs> he's so funny this actor he just goes what like he he can't wrap Ugh. his head around his own girlfriend doing this yeah. it's fine when other people do it but his own right. girlfriend he um he tells her no he flat out tells her no and he gets very upset uh -huh. he thinks that everybody told her to do this yeah and uh wayne takes him outside and wayne explains it to him like no man you can either let her do this and be a part of it or you can tell her no and she's going to do it anyway right you know you can either support her or you can be a dick about it um i i think wayne is a very interesting character i don't like his death scene i think it's a little bit of a cop-out uh but like i love earlier in the film when he's talking to i think he's talking to kid cuddy about what a hit the movie's gonna be and he just grabs kid cuddy's hand and says feel how hard my dick is and puts his hand on his dick it's not it's not like a it's not like he's coming oh, on no, it was it was the director's hand that he did is it the director's hand that he does that too uh-huh okay all yeah. right oh that's right because he's telling him i love what you're doing this art house stuff yeah keep it yeah. up feel how hard my dick is um, I know. I loved that. I was like, "Oh, I was like, can you all do something together?" Yeah, I would watch. <laughs> I would. I would watch the Farmer's Sons. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of plowing to be done. They're big fields. It's you true. Know? Farm hands <laughs> using their hands. Uh, so you're getting that. You're gonna. You're about to go into Blanche Devereaux territory. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those hot, sweaty farm hands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I have signed up for a Golden Girls dining experience here in New York. Oh my uh, god, that's they, amazing! They, New York has everything. Uh, I swear well, to god, it's I'm coming jealous. from L.A. It's just here for like a week, uh, and uh. it's not cheap. Uh, but I couldn't miss it. They will have the whole house set up. You will eat in their kitchen. Uh, oh they have god. the they have the rusty anchor as well. You could buy a seat at the rusty anchor bar. I wanted to eat in the kitchen. I bought a table uh. for two. Uh, and so I think I, I ordered Sophia's lasagna al foro. Uh, <laughs> you could get like a Cuban sandwich, or um, ah, they have uh, wow. um, oh, what are the potato sandwich, bacon potato that Rose makes? The potato sandwiches, bacon lettuce and potato, oh, bacon lettuce potato yeah. sandwich. Uh, anyway, I'm real excited. I'm a, we're both That's, Golden Girls queens. Jesus Christ, I love it. Uh, so they retreat <sighs> to the bedroom after Lorraine has said she's going. <laughs> to be in the movie she has said she's going to do it rj mm -hmm. reluctantly accepts it i love when wayne hands him the camera and is like mm -hmm. you have to film this buddy lorraine gets on yeah. the bed she takes off her cross necklace she's no longer the church mouse yeah. uh but we don't see the sex scene uh -uh. which is interesting now part of the conversation and lorraine's defense to do this you know he says we can't add you in will change the whole story we can't change the story of the movie and she says well you love psycho and that mo the story of that changes halfway through right because marion yeah. crane gets killed uh -huh. you know 30 minutes into the movie and he's like well that's a horror movie we're not doing that here uh he still thinks he's making <laughs> something impactful and meaningful and and uh he lives in this um 
the world of denial, perhaps, yeah. you know? Uh, Very much so. After the, after he films Lorraine's sex scene, <laughs> Oh, he stands in the shower, uh, sobbing, scrubbing his body like unclean. I, unclean. I hated that part. I love I it. Like, I think you're. Well, no, I mean I love it, but I hate it because I'm just like you're such a little bitch. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he, um, you know, it's like get over it. It's he, just male fragility. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it uh. is. He's so insecure. Uh, you know, I mean, Jackson is known to have a giant, massive dick. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, that, that's got to be part of it. Um, yeah. And if we're talking about a movie that is um, wanting... Pearl's desire is to have her turn someone on. RJ feels intimidated if he's not the one who can do that for Lorraine, right? Yeah, yeah. Then what what does he have left, right? He's kind of a straight, a cis, straight white man who... Uh, like you said, fragility. So RJ decides yeah. he's getting the fuck out. And he uh. is going to abandon them. <laughs> he jumps in the van. And as he's pulling out, he almost runs over Pearl, who's standing in the middle of the road. And he gets out and he's like, hey, mm-hmm. do you need some help? Let's get you back inside. Where's your husband? And she comes on to him. And she starts trying to kiss him. And again, if we're talking about reactions toward the elderly, finding them repulsive, like this movie is proving as a point... Right. That's every audience member's gut reaction, and it's it's it, it, you have to look into yourself and hate something about yourself for feeling that way because mm-hmm. she has not harmed anybody yet. I mean, she's yeah. maybe without consent coming on to people, but she hasn't yeah. killed someone yet. You don't really know that she's the killer yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I don't think there was ever a doubt in my mind that she was. I don't think the movie's trying yeah. to pull a fast one on the audience uh, or surprise us by that. Uh, when he denies her, yeah, she... Well, he's, ar- he's already feeling insecure, and then, you know, this happens, and he's probably feeling like, oh, this is all I can get, and that probably... Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he, he has no intention of following through with Pearl. Right, right, right. And which is what pisses me off because, like, I realized this today because um, I rewatched some certain scenes mm-hmm. just to get refresher. If they would have just like hooked up with Pearl, this could have all been avoided. If someone had just fucked Pearl, yeah, would have been exactly. fine. You know what? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> no, think I so. Know. She's still got that killer side to her. <laughs> You know, I I think that in her brain, and we see in the movie, Pearl, the prequel, sex and violence are, you know, very much intertwined for her. Yeah. Because she stabs RJ in the neck. Uh, He falls back. Not just once. Not just (laughs) once. He falls down to the ground and she straddles him. She like, and great physical acting from Mia Goth of portraying Uh this waddly, slow moving old woman. You think of killers like Michael Myers who just slowly walk towards you. Like, I think they use that to their advantage in this because she's elderly and she has a bad hip and she can't move quickly, right? Um, She straddles him. Uh, Don't Fear the Reaper is playing on the radio in the van, which is a great homage to the movie Halloween. and she stabs him repeatedly. And as she's stabbing him, the the song kind of fades away. There's blood spurting out of his neck. I mean, she stabs him to the point of decapitation, yeah. basically. 
blood spurting out of his neck, yeah, and it and lands she, on. And she's moaning while she's on top of him yep, too. Yep. And she the the blood on the <laughs> headlights it spurts onto the headlights, and so now it's red lighting on her while she's doing this. Yeah, that was a great shot. Yeah. Um. We she stands up slowly, and does a very weird dance. The music shifts to what might be a modern song. I don't recognize it, and it um. Mm-hmm. It, it's only for like one one little one little line out of the song and she does a ballet yeah. weird dance covered in blood um mm-hmm. and then when she's done with her dance the music fades back into don't fear the reaper uh she takes the car keys and and kind of waddles waddles away uh we one of the pictures in the hallway showed her as a dancer right it showed her like kind of in a dance yeah. pose um so we're getting yeah. the impression that she wanted stardom just like maxine does mm-hmm. um i also wonder too if the song and i'll have to check it out when you know pearl i'll have to see it again but i wonder if it's the song that she did for you know when she did the dance number in pearl oh interesting i don't know See, I've only seen so, Pearl once. Um, maybe. I don't know that it's yeah, in theaters anymore. Yeah, I have anymore. too, but it, it made such a fucking... Oh, my God. Anyway. It, of of the two movie. movies... So, Pearl doesn't exist without <laughs> X. I prefer... And I love X. I think I like uh-huh. Pearl a little bit more. Well, also, what I like about Pearl is Pearl made me love X more, and it made me understand more of X. Yeah. And They're I companion pieces. More, yeah. I noticed more when I watched X after watching Pearl. I was like, okay. Same. It just even more... on her like on her makeup, she has a little can of makeup, and it says Pearl in the font from uh-huh. the movie, or yeah, you know, it takes place on the same farm. Obviously, in Pearl, it's gorgeous and new, um, but yeah. we we see the hatchet that they use. We see, you know, yeah, there's um, so many identical shots. I mean, they both movies open up the same. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's just, but it's like one's a uh, newer, one's a uh, you know, one's in Technicolor and one's gritty. Uh, um, so let's see uh, Lorraine and Wayne so Church Mouse and the guy who's producing this notice that RJ is missing uh, and they, uh-huh. they go searching for him Wayne yeah, he does. <laughs> Wayne is in nothing but little white whitish gray uh, like bikini brief yeah. banana brief bikini briefs right I was not mad about that at all. No, they look real good on him, and I do think those are yeah. kind of silly underwear to wear. But like, he looks great. I think he mentions well, he's forty-two in the movie, and yeah. like, man, he, he, I he I will never. He's a porn producer. Like that. Yeah, that seems like something one would wear. Kind of know? a good old boy. Like he probably played football back in the day. You know, um, yeah. looks great. So he goes toward the barn, and while he goes toward the barn, Lorraine decides to go look up toward the house. Uh, but we'll talk about him in the barn first. Um, uh, he yeah. is barefoot, and uh, he uh, there is a plank of wood with a nail in it, and it's such you you see it coming, but you don't see it coming long enough for you to register that it's going to happen. He steps on this yeah. plank, and the nail goes up through his foot, uh, and it happens so fast. And of course, he falls to the ground. He pulls it out, and blood spurts everywhere. And he's you know, yeah. and he looks toward the back of the barn, and there are a few like holes. Uh, all next to each other and he sees something move past and so he stands back up and all I could think was that foot's going to get infected you're walking in a dirty yes. manure filled yes. barn barefoot with a hole in your foot 
But I guess it's yeah, not going to matter could, for long. I could feel that when it went through. It's just like, motherfucker. That, yeah. uh. Uh, he looks through these holes and uh, <laughs> gets pitchforked right in the eyeballs. <laughs> um, I said it before. It's not my favorite kill in the movie. I think it happens a little no. quickly. And it's a little... I've seen it before. Right. You right. know, and the way that the the eyeballs come, it just it's it's a little cheesy, but it's still fun. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm not mad. I don't hate it. I'm not bitching about it. His yeah. eyeball does come out of his socket uh, when she pulls it out. We yeah. see Cheryl, uh, Cheryl. We see Pearl enter the barn and approach him, and she's carrying the pitchfork. And it's a great shot with she's backlit, so her shadow is on the back wall of the barn. He's dead, uh, and she's got the pitchfork, and she just like gently kind of like pokes him like stabs him with it a little bit and then she starts covering him with hay and all I could think was why the fuck am I not being Pearl for Halloween with my white like make like a white wig and a, a white nightgown old lady nightgown covered in blood and carry a pitchfork yeah. around yes that's amazing um, I think it would have been a great costume but it's too late now I've got another great costume on my way or you know um, oh, already. what are you gonna be I'm or gonna be yeah I'll tell you I got I mean okay. I didn't want to be like a licensed character this year. I wanted to create my own spooky thing and I didn't want to spend a lot of money, which I ended up doing anyway. But I had a great <laughs> green cape um, that my friend made me when she made me a Winifred Sanderson costume years ago. And so I wanted mm -hmm. to use that as inspiration. I am wearing like a really cool skeleton onesie and I'm just painting my head as a jack-o'-lantern because I'm bald. That's fun. Like uh, it. Yeah, and just be generally like a spooky skeleton pumpkin guy we're going to the halloween parade in the west village which is always oh, a great time uh and if you are in costume you are invited to march with the parade which is cool oh yeah that's um, amazing it, it gets pretty messy <laughs> it, it gets pretty messy i don't like to be there late uh but, oh well, yeah you know i try to I'm be sure. at the beginning of the parade route so i can see everything yeah. walk past and then i'll join and then i'll just kind of jump out by a train yeah. stop and then go back up home and you know watch some movies with my best friend yeah um all right so wayne is dead lorraine Bye -bye. Uh, uh runs into <laughs> howard the the old man uh who says pearl's missing she gets confused at night i need help finding her lorraine mm -hmm. who's young and innocent and too trusting uh follows him in and um he tells her, you know, we need another flashlight. Go down to the basement to get it. And so she reluctantly does. Uh, she finds the flashlight. And when she goes back up the stairs, the cellar door has been locked. And she can't get out. And um, and she's oh. trapped. And so she's screaming for help. She runs back down the stairs of the cellar and turns on a light. And she sees a dead body that is arms are kind of like tied to the ceiling and he is his pants have been pulled down he's mutilated is all right is he castrated it looks in the first shot like he's not but then as they do like a pan down of his body it looks to me like he's castrated it's hard I to don't tell no i was trying to tell but i think that's her boyfriend it's not her there. boyfriend it's not oh because she starts screaming for rj she starts screaming for oh, rj okay um a little bit later so one of the characters huh. drinks out of a, gal a, a quart of milk earlier in the movie. The person who is hanging in the basement is the guy, the missing picture on the on the milk carton. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so this that is someone sense. else okay. um, that, that, you know, that Pearl has done this to. Uh, so oh, we, we learned that it's not new. I think it's commonly... Uh, 
assumed that that's RJ, but it's not. Um, okay, because I totally thought it was. Yeah, it's not, because uh, a few minutes later, uh, I think she hears someone upstairs, and she starts screaming RJ's name. Okay. Um, and we get this great shot of Jenna Ortega with a look of terror that turns into a scream, and it kind of became iconic. It was in the trailer. I think they used it for a movie poster of just her face in this scream. It's a really good uh, yeah. reaction shot from her. Uh, so the next section of the film, um, Howard approaches the guest house and asks Jackson to help him locate Pearl. Jackson finds a submerged car <laughs> in a pond before Howard shoots him dead, revealing himself to be complicit in Pearl's violent tendencies. Meanwhile, Pearl enters the guest home and climbs into Maxine's bed naked. Maxine awakens and screams, causing Pearl to flee the house, which Bobby Lynn witnesses. In the farmhouse, Lorraine uses a hatchet to break through the panel in the basement door, but Howard hacks, uh, attacks her, breaking her finger, and forces her back inside. Bobby Lynn follows Pearl outside to the nearby lake and tries to guide her away from the water. Pearl angrily accuses Bobby Lynn of being a whore before pushing her into the lake where she is devoured by an alligator. Let's take this back, right? Howard goes to the guest house. Uh, Jackson answers naked. And we, we, <laughs> and get, see the of his dick. we see the silhouette of his baby arm dick dangling between his legs. And it, it's fucking hilarious. Um, just the fact, I mean, the fact that he answers the door naked and pre yeah. presents his virility. He's proud. He's, he's proud, proud. But he's also presenting his virility, his yeah. youth, unexposed mm -hmm. to Howard, who can't get it up anymore, or who has a weak heart and can't have sex yeah. anymore. Right? So... This is obviously going to give Howard a reaction. Uh, yeah. They go down to the water uh, to look for Pearl, and uh, Howard kind of disappears. Jackson sees the flashlight by the water, so he actually gets into the water. He's Vietnam, right? So he's uh -huh. using his skills in yeah. Vietnam to try to locate Pearl. Promises he's going to find her. Uh, yeah. He comes up. He comes across a car sticking out of the water, like the trunk of a car sticking out of the water. Now, mm -hmm. I think it's assumed that this car belonged to the guy who's in the basement, or someone from long, long ago. Wait, right. is this a car that's in Pearl? That's what I'm wondering. I don't remember what the make Shit, was. Shit, I don't either. But it could be. It's yeah. it's they they. But hidden... I feel like the one from Pearl was a very old 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 car without a, I think this without a, a newer top, right? One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it. But it, it's probably there somewhere. I think it also calls the... back to Psycho, you know, because yeah. Norman Bates puts Marion's car in a, a nearby pond. Uh, mm -hmm. So if we're talking about Psycho changing its narrative and X changing its yeah. narrative, uh, that checks out. Um, Howard comes up behind Jackson and uh, shoots him with a shotgun. And that's the end of Jackson. That's the end of Kid Cudi. Bye, Jackson. Yeah, it's a bummer. I really like Jackson a lot. Sorry, Mr. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Howard's for real. Uh, so, uh. meanwhile, Pearl enters the guest room and goes into Maxine's room and disrobes. And we see her old lady boobies. And this is an all sure over, do. all over makeup appliance on yeah. uh, Mia Goth's body. And it looks remarkable. Now, I don't know uh, if they might have used a body double for some of these shots because, like, her spine protruding uh -huh. just looks so real. I mean, it's uh, really. I'm trying to imagine how long it took to do all the prosthesis. Yeah. It, it, I mean. It's an impressive job. It's an impressive, uh, impressive piece of, of makeup work. 
Uh, yeah. She climbs into bed with Maxine and starts putting her arms around her and kind of kissing her. Her, her bloody hands her all over her. Bloody hand all over her, yeah. Uh, and That's what I had more of a problem with was the blood and the... I'm gonna... I, you know, it's the the age. It's it's slightly creepy, but it's it's just this killer and just just the idea of somebody crawling into bed with you. Oh, unbeknownst. Yeah, of course. Uh, when Maxine wakes up, she obviously screams and runs away. This wakes Bobby yeah. Lynn up. Uh, <laughs> I love when Bobby Lynn discovers her in the hall. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Because that's right. Bobby Lynn uh, kind of steps out of her bedroom door, and then Naked Pearl waddles past her. And <laughs> yeah. it's jarring, and it's weird. Because yeah. um, yeah. she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So Bobby Lynn kind of follows Pearl, right? Maxine's like, she was in my bed. She was fucking touching me. Uh, Bobby Lynn goes out to look for Pearl. Pearl is standing on the dock at the water. And Maxine says, oh my god, no, please get away from there. You're not safe. You know, it's very dangerous. It's dark out. And she says, do you need help? Which is, my grandma used to get confused. You know, I almost thought about being a nurse once. Can you believe it? <laughs> and uh, um, Pearl calls her a whore and says, you're flaunting yourself in front of me. Oh. And... Bobby Lynn says, fine, you don't want my help? Fuck you, old lady. And Pearl pushes her into the water. And not even a second later, the fucking alligator bites Brittany's, uh, Brittany or Bobby Lynn's head uh, and does the death roll, the alligator death roll, and it's bloody. Um, mm-hmm. What a terrible way to go. I know. But, but they, they knew it was going to happen, you know, that... that, uh, that uh, mural on the wall yeah in the beginning yep again Chekhov's alligator uh yep. I don't you know what I'm gonna I don't remember if it's already happened or if it's about to happen Pearl and you know it's a Pearl and Howard have a brief talk where Howard says I got one for you she's locked in the cellar so he's collecting oh, yeah, these yeah. people for Pearl to kill. He is not the one who takes joy in killing. I think Howard shoots Jackson with a shotgun because if he didn't, Jackson was going to come after him also. Yeah. He doesn't like black people. Yeah. Uh, he might strangle him with his big old dick. I don't know. He, I mean, he could strangle me with that dick. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm honestly not a size queen. I really am not. Uh, I, I, yeah. If it's too big, I don't know what the hell... I don't know what you want me to do with it. Because not uh, much is going to happen. Um, yeah, <laughs> same Z's though. I yeah. don't know. I had one guy come Ugh. at me once, and I, I didn't know what to do with. It. I mean, I li- I could not yeah. fathom how I was going to put that anywhere. It was heavy to lift, and he Ugh. he was like this. He, he was like, this is actually a problem, like for me. My dick's so big, oh I can't like. I can't find someone who can do anything with it. And I was like, oh, oh man, your life must thing. be so hard. <laughs> I know. I only had once did I let a guy fuck me with a giant dick. And it was okay, but it was just like, I just kind of held the sides of the bed and prayed. And I was like, it's going to be fine. You found God in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't I don't bond him very often, but I was like, really? Oh, God. Okay. Here we um, go. I got to take one for the team every so often. Uh-huh. Well, it sounds like you took multiple for the team. 
Yeah, you know, it's the least I could do. It's the Lord's work. Uh, so Howard and Pearl <laughs> have a brief talk, and, you know, I have one in the cellar for you. And she says, that's not the one. And he says, what is it, the blonde? And she goes, no, you know I don't like blondes. Now, this instantly made me think of the movie Pearl, the prequel. Her uh, sister-in-law uh-huh. is blonde. Yeah. And maybe this yeah. is why she doesn't like blondes, right? And Pearl remarks, yeah. no, it's the one, it's the other one. She reminds me of me. She has what I had, right? That yeah. quote, X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so Maxine, uh, Maxine scrubs herself, gives herself kind of like, honestly, a whore's bath in the in the Literally, sink yeah. she's saying disgusting disgusting so we're continuing that theme of, oh. of the elderly being revolting um yeah. you know of course if a stranger covered in blood was spooning you and you didn't know it that would be gross too but it's uh. making the point of you oh, know it depends eight. on the stranger i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. to be honest i'm like if it's a really hot stranger i'd be like well well okay we won't talk about the blood uh, yeah. but, you know, the, the fear in this movie is age, is age, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to read the next portion of the plot. Maxine right. sees Pearl and Howard return to the guest house, and she hides under the bed. The elderly couple discuss the murders before having sex. That's the talk that they have. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Maxine manages to flee to the van where she finds RJ's corpse and the keys missing. Armed with a pistol from the glove box, Maxine enters the farmhouse and frees Lorraine, who angrily blames Maxine for what has happened. Lorraine panics and runs out the front door, only to be shot by Howard. As Howard and Pearl begin moving the bodies, intent on framing the crew as intruders, a dying Lorraine struggles, uh, startles Howard, who has a heart attack and dies. So she hides under Yeah, we'll go back and talk about this section. Maxine hides under her bed. Pearl and Howard have that talk about (laughs) I don't like blondes. And Pearl convinces Howard to have sex with her. Finally. Finally, right? He says, My heart, I can't. And she goes, Yes, you can. I know it. I know you can. (laughs) Um, And they start kissing. And it's just this like sticky sound, like sticky, dry sounding kiss. Um, And uh, I guess we don't know yet that Maxine is hiding under the bed. They get it on in bed. And it pans (laughs) down from them having sex down below. And we see Maxine hiding, trying to be quiet. Uh, and it's a pretty it's a pretty graphic scene of these two old people yeah. having sex with each other. Uh, she <laughs> kind of like elbow crawls. What like what in the military? I think they call it like a low crawl. Yeah. Is that it? Like uh-huh. out out her way out. Uh, yeah. And while Pearl's shouting, while fuck, Pearl? me Howard. fuck me, Howard. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. Unexpected. Totally yeah, unexpected. A bit. A bit. Uh, runs toward the van. Uh, keys are gone. She grabs the pistol, the handgun. Uh, runs in. She hears Lorraine scream in the cellar. She runs and uh, um, sees the hole that Lorraine has broken through, very much like The Shining, on purpose, yeah. you know. Uh, lets Lorraine out, and Lorraine is screaming and the whole time you're yeah. thinking shut the fuck up like you, she's upset of course but like you're gonna give yourself away you're finally yeah. free and you're gonna like let everybody know where you are screaming I hate you guys it's all your fault I'm here you know it's it's and uh 
Maxine's like, just be quiet. We have to stay together. And, and, and Lorraine says, no, fuck you. And she starts to run for the front door, goes out the screen door. And as soon, I mean, as soon as she hits that porch, yeah. gets blasted with a shotgun. And it is a, it's a great effective moment. Like yeah. so fucking unexpected. You think she's just going to keep running or something. No way. Howard has gotten that shotgun and uh, she's down. Uh, Maxine kind of hides around the corner as Pearl and Howard drag the body into the house. They're talking about how they're going to dispose of the bodies, dump them in the water like the others, Mm -hmm. uh, like the other bohemians. And, um, (laughs) but as Howard and Howard says, she's heavier than he, than she looks. And as he's dragging her, she kind of, uh, Lorraine, Uh Lorraine, it shows her face. It's been blown off, but she kind of gurgles as she's maybe dying finally and it gives him a heart attack and he dies that death rattle man yeah it's pretty gross pearl uh leans over his body howard no please howard and uh maxine takes this moment to pull the gun on pearl and uh they have this this great back and forth i just love i mean i forget that it's her talking to herself as an actress right she's playing both roles and i love that yeah uh, they have this great back and forth, and um, the the televangelist is on the TV right mm. right now, and we the, his what he is saying is mirroring what they are saying to each other. Some of the lines are the same or similar, uh, yeah. and just talking about damnation and sin and promiscuity and Sodom and Gomorrah. And Pearl is saying, you're a whore, and uh, you know, you're flaunting yourself in front of me. Maxine goes to shoot Pearl, and there are no more bullets in the handgun. It's not loaded. Mm-hmm. Pearl grabs the shotgun, and when she shoots her, the kickback, because Pearl is tiny and old and frail, the kickback actually blasts her back. Out, she flies out the front door, off the porch, and into the little walkway up to the house. I mean, she wanted to get fucked, so... <laughs> she, she got a bang. <laughs> she yeah, she did. <laughs> she definitely got a bang. Uh, oh. As Pearl lies injured outside the house, now she's begging Maxine to help her. My hip, I can't get up. And Maxine's like, fuck you. She calls her old. She's pretty cruel to her. Rightfully yeah. so. Pearl's a fucking yeah. psychopath. Uh-huh. Uh, she gets into Howard's, the old man's truck, because she's found the keys now. Uh, and she backs up and she drives over Pearl's head and it's disgusting. Mm. It's a great it's a great kill. Well, and it also mirrors that scene where they were in driving to the the house and there was the um Oh, the cow on the side of the road. Yeah. We didn't yeah. talk about that. Yeah, sure. And yeah. that's a, that's an interesting moment too because we see the sheriff who's cleaning up this uh, cow that's been run over on the side of the road. So we see the sheriff yeah. who we will see. So that's another checkoff thing. Yeah, definitely. And um, Maxine says she gets sick and she says, I hate blood and guts. Yeah. Uh, which I think is also an interesting point because when people bitch about horror movies or say that they don't like them, they will say, I just don't like blood and guts. Right. And the person who says that categorizes all horror movies as being um, vapid or mm-hmm. void of meaning, right? And whereas yeah. this movie has the elements of a vapid slasher horror movie, but is it has meaning behind it. You know, the fear of yeah. aging and yeah. uh, missing your opportunity in life and being bitter about it. Uh, so Maxine 
crushes her head, <laughs> and then she drives over her body again. Just to make sure. Double Just tap. to make sure. She drives <laughs> off, and the, the sun is rising. Uh, it's morning now. They've been, you know, it's been all night. And um, she says, oh, you know what? She says this before she, before Pearl blasts the shotgun. She says again, I will not accept a life I don't deserve. And the preacher on TV says that too at the same time, right? Um, Maxine, so now after she kills Pearl, runs over her body, she's driving off into the sunrise, pulls out that cocaine, does another bump, and says something to the effect of, I'm a fucking star, and drives off into the morning. We cut to that opening scene of the sheriff uh, at the farm, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. No, it was the TV, I right? think. Because he, he, they showed the picture yep, of yep, yep. So, and his this, daughter. This is what I didn't pick up on the first time that I watched it. And I don't know how I missed it. They show the televangelist on the TV. And he says, he shows, pulling close to the camera, I want everyone to see this. And he reveals a photograph of a young Maxine. And he says, my daughter was taken by sin. So Maxine mm-hmm. is the daughter of this preacher all the time, right? Yeah. Um, Isn't there a crucifix in the van too, or is that me just wanting it to be? There might be. I'm I certain. Thought it was there... on the mirror. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Now we cut to the next day, right, or later that day, with the sheriff examining the bodies and and everything. Yeah. Uh. And the police have discovered RJ's camera that he was oh, using yeah. <laughs> to make the porn and he hands it to the sheriff oh, and he says what do you think is on here and uh, the sheriff looks around and he delivers this line so he goes how the hell am I supposed to know and then he goes well based on what he says based on the looks of things it's probably one fucked up horror movie <laughs> 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 title card X and then we get the, uh-huh. the credits roll and that is X uh, so good. It's a hell of a movie. It's I. Yes. It was just unexpected. I think. Uh, I when I saw Ty West's name attached to it, and I liked the posters for it. I don't think I watched a trailer for this one either. But it was getting buzz before it was released, and I saw it. I think yeah. opening day, um, and loved it. Now again, if you stuck around after the credits, you saw the trailer for Pearl, secret prequel, fifty plus years later total opposite it's not gritty 70s exploitation it's brightly colored mg like metro goldwyn mayer musical looking mm-hmm. um horror film about pearl as a young woman and uh yeah. you know when when she still had when she had dreams and you know before she really she, i think it's alluded that she was always like pretty fucked up but it, you see yeah. her you see her I, again i won't call it a descent into madness it's her accepting her madness because the mom her mom tells her you have to learn to accept what you're given right and she believed she was something else she believed she was a star when she i think she believed if she had that life and led that life then all the crazy stuff would just vanish yeah absolutely and the the which is a, a lot of people about you know whether that are trying to get famous and you can't handle fame and there there are a lot of people that should not be famous and she's one of them obviously well she's not talented you know she's just not talented and that adds to her tragedy because she really believes that she has it and it begs the question and maybe we will find 
in the third installment called Maxine with three X's. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out if Maxine actually has it or not. Yeah. You know? I'm excited to see. Because I remember when I saw X in the theater and she drove off, I was like, man, I wonder what happens to her. Because, you know, at the end of Texas Chainsaw, we see Sally get carted off in the back of a truck and she's screaming and laughing yeah. at the same time. And it's just, you know, you wonder what is the rest of her life going to be? She's never going to be normal again. Here we have right. Maxine driving herself. She is in charge of where she's going. She's driving her own narrative. And yeah. I think it can be assumed she's fucking going to Hollywood. <laughs> Well, I almost wonder if she's going to pick up the torch from Pearl and if she's going to, you know, all the events kind of will turn her into, you know, what she's afraid of becoming, you know. I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of parallels. That's I think that's probably what's going to happen uh, because, you know, it's going to be a horror movie. There's going to be murders and, you know, maybe it's going to be Maxine killing people who get in her way of stardom. Mm -hmm. She's gotten a taste of, of this. You know, yeah, and she has seen what happens to a woman who does not get the life that she wanted. Yeah, so yeah. maybe Maxine will be about making sure she gets the life she feels she deserves. Yeah, there's a tinge of Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I just saw Boogie Nights for the first time earlier this year. I I loved oh, it. It so was good. instantly one of my top five movies. It's it's excellent. Yeah, absolutely excellent. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we give start on our final thoughts here? Uh, being a, sure. a queer horror movie podcast, is there anything inherently queer that you find <laughs> in this movie? I keep that very loose and vague for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, obviously, I think it's interesting because they don't really explain Pearl's deal. Because obviously she's, you know, she's married and everything to a, a man, but then she, I don't know if she's, she's bi or, you know, she's interested in Maxine, but I don't know if it's more of a, that's what I want and that's what I want, you know, that's what I used to be. And it's almost like a sort of an ego thing. I don't know. But um, she clearly, you know, is not um, uninterested in the female sex. So, but it's, but it's almost presents it in a way like it's just, you know, she's just kind of sexual and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And lonely. But yeah. And and she sees, she sees herself in Maxine. And so there's probably a little bit of um, self-obsession or narcissism in it too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of longing and there's a lot of, but then, you know, it goes back to the whole, uh, it's the murdering mixed with the sex so I guess you know it's just that whole that whole process of getting off on that, and I don't know how Howard managed to be alive all those years and she never killed him off, but I guess he knew how to handle her. Well, I think the end of Pearl. <laughs> um, you know uh, what? I don't want to say what I was going to say. I'm talking about Pearl in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, I know. I'm trying not to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, we have kind of the moment when um, Wayne has RJ grab his dick. It's not a queer moment. Yeah. It's more of like a look at how manly I am. I'm an alpha kind of thing, right? Literally right. like comparing dick sizes. Uh, yeah. But I don't find that necessarily as a queer moment. I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. 
Uh, I think there's a tiny tinge of queer because I feel, but I mean, it's more, I guess, him just being so comfortable in his sexuality or whatever. Yeah. Well, and this is also pre-Reagan, right? Where the world was starting to open up to being okay with queerness. And then Reagan and the AIDS crisis, Reagan using the AIDS crisis to Mm -hmm. shut that down happened, right? Yeah, he put the country back in the closet, for yeah. sure. And you know what? Also, I'll just say it. I mean, aging is a fear for everyone, but I think that gay people, gay men, I will speak only for the the gay men perspective of aging, mm-hmm. is a thing. The fear of it. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, after well, a certain house... age, you're, you're, you're put aside. Yeah. And this happens not yeah. just with gay people. I'm certainly not saying that, but I can speak from my experience. Oh, yeah. It's very prevalent. Like, I noticed it once I got in my 30s. Yeah. It's It's interesting. I'm 36 now, and trying to date, I'm really seeing that people who are my age at this moment are already in relationships. And the people that I am attracting are late 20s. And, um, you know, it's kind of like by my age. But then I think what happens is around 40, guys start to be single again. I yeah. at least from well, what you know from what I from what in my area yeah. I notice on dating apps uh-huh. and such. Yeah, uh, I'm think... 44 and dating in your 40s is whew, I wouldn't recommend it. Well. <laughs> the rate I'm going, you know, I probably be dating until the end or not dating. <laughs> yeah, well that's why I just keep getting more cats. I, I have one. <laughs> oh my god, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Yep. Uh, yeah, right. eventually there's a point in time where you have to just reside and be like, fine, I'm the crazy cat lady. I'm the crazy cat lady. <laughs> I think I embraced that long ago. We have a rating yeah. system on the Rick or Treat Horror Cast. A movie is either a trick, which means it was just okay, or a treat, which means you loved it, or it's a smell my feet, which means it sucked. You go first. <laughs> what do you think? Well, it was certainly a treat. Yeah. Um, I liked it even before I saw Pearl. I was very surprised. I think that there's definitely a new wave of horror movies being smart. Yeah. Because I think there was a time when it was just cheesy, blah, but these are like thinking man's horror movies almost. Yeah. I mean, I hate when people say elevated horror because... Or thinking person, sorry. Yeah, thinking people. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The term elevated horror pisses me the fuck off because you're just throwing away the genre as a whole unless it's trying to be a message movie. Um, but you know, I think thinking like thinking person's horror. That's a great way to put it. You know, there is. It's proving that there is more to horror than what non-horror fans see it as. Yeah. You know. I mean, sometimes you do just want to see slasher, pointless, just fun, whatever. Yeah. And that's good too. So it's just like, but don't discredit the entire genre. Right. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's obviously a treat as well. It was maybe my favorite year or my favorite movie of the entire... Uh, well, this and Pearl, my two favorite movies of yeah. the entire year. Uh, yeah. I have seen it a couple times now and I will watch it again. It's definitely up there. I actually have like two X TV or two X t-shirts. Like I wear nothing but horror nice. movie shirts. That's my entire wardrobe. <laughs> and I think I have two X shirts. Uh and it's just become a part of my repertoire, a part of my... Is that it, a Rocky Horror shirt you're wearing It today? is Rocky, yeah. I can just see sort of the, the lips. lips. I have Sandman. Oh, cool, cool, cool. 
I loved Sandman. That was great. I want more. I need to finish it. Oh, do finish yeah. it. Yeah. There, I guess there's an uh, uh, like an animated tag on episode oh, as wow. well that dropped uh, maybe a month after the series, and I have not watched that yet. Oh, I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. There's uh, too much that's out there. Yeah. It's, it's a little bewildering. Yeah, it's it's hard to keep up, uh, especially this time of year with Halloween and everything. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, uh, if you want to follow the Rick or Treat Horror Cast on social media, there are a couple of ways that you can do that. First off, rating and reviewing this podcast does more than you know to uh, help in its success. I've gotten some pretty good feedback uh, so far, and I'm really grateful for everyone who's been listening. Actually, one of my favorite uh, queer horror movie podcasts uh, has reached out. We're kind of in in contact. They actually mentioned me in one of their episodes. I totally am like nerding out. Uh, They are scared gay uh, instead of scared straight. Get it? Uh, and uh, we need to so, do a crossover. Well, we are, we are. We had a, a, awesome. a, a cool Zoom meeting, and uh, so I will be appearing on one of theirs, and then they will be appearing on one of mine. And uh, I think That's it's so cool. it's it's the start of a wonderful friendship. Uh, it's Yay. just it's really cool because I've listened to them for a while now, uh, and so uh, definitely please check them out, uh, rate and review them. It really helps. And rate and review this podcast as well. Uh, And if you want to follow us on the socials, uh, our Instagram and Twitter are Rick or Treat Pod. Uh, I'm not great at Twitter. I'm really trying to get better at it. So bear with me, but follow it. So when I am good at it, you'll have it already. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Rick, the letter R, Treat. And on Twitter, Rick, the letter R, tweet. I'm trying to get better at Twitter, everybody. Please, 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 please. Uh, and <laughs> listen, uh, follow Scared Gay as well. I believe on both they are uh, at Scared Gay Pod, or it's, it might be Scared Gay Podcast. Look look them up. There are a couple of babes, and they are so cool and funny and fun to listen to. Uh, Nick, where can people stalk you? Uh, on Instagram, it's underscore pumpkin king thirteen underscore. Um, I have the Twitter, but I don't really use it. Um, I will at some point. I'm working on writing a book, which is almost done. So I think once that's out, then I'll use that more for a promotional tool. But until then, you know, I just look at a lot of porn on Twitter. You know, <laughs> that's, that's really what it's best for. Although I didn't realize people can see who you follow and what you like on Twitter. It's not discreet at. <laughs> well, that's why my Twitter's private right now. <laughs> Got it. I'm going to have to like, do yeah. that. Uh, all right, Nick, uh, I would love to have you back. And, uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you again for taking the time. No, thank this you. This was a lot of fun. And uh, we will see you all later, Spookies. Bye. Bye.